Father, we thank you. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for giving us the enablement to be in your presence. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Thank you for the communion service that we are made to be a part of. And thank you because we have taken it and we have taken life. Thank you for this section where we are going to read your word that is truth, that is life, that is powerful. The entrance of your word that brings life, let it bring life unto us this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. This morning, I want to thank Nordbrook Chapel. I want to thank the elders. I want to thank my brethren for the opportunity, for the learning segment, for all that is being done and taught here. The word of God that is truth and life that we've been heard on this podium. And um, as being our nature in this assembly, just to read the scripture, to read the Bible, and read it as it is being written, nothing adding, nothing subtracted. And that is what we are going to do this morning. It says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed by rightly dividing the word of truth. We have sang this morning, and we keep on singing, and all is pointing to one person, Jesus. And uh, this morning, the scripture we are going to start from Old Testament to the New, because the Old Testament is pointing towards one thing, towards the New Testament, and that is towards Jesus. So all we, I'm using that word, we, are doing this morning is to, through the scripture, to go through the Old Testament. We are not going to cover it, of course. It's a big syllabus. But this little we can take from it to now see how it actually points to one person, that is Jesus, which in this PowerPoint, we title it as Truth and Grace. So we have some scriptures to read, and you will read with me. But I title it as, um, when I was in school, my first and uh, second uh, degree is on economics and statistics. And um, even to grade, is it grade 10 here, which we don't have here, there are downstairs, we have a simple in economics, what we call demand and supply. And uh, I narrowed it down. Titling law as demand, that shall not, that shall not. And I narrowed grace, truth, Jesus as supply. We know that um, in the aspect of law, from the book of 
Exodus. We have many thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. Even at a point, Moses himself in um, Exodus 19.8, after telling them, the children of Israel, they exclaimed, all you have said, we will do. The Bible says, by strength shall no one prevail. Then they don't know about Jesus. But they, told, they have not even seen the Ten Commandments, and they, they believe that they will be able to fulfill it. But if you go down even to Moses, to Joshua, the Bible said that even at a point, a particular day, the law destroyed almost 3,000 people. These are people that actually boasted that, oh, he's going to give them, they will do. Yeah, they, they thought they will. Because no, even, no, nobody, even myself, cannot fulfill the law. But only one person did that. And that is what we want to actually take cognizance of and look into this morning as we learn. So I tell you that law is actually a form of the mind. That shall not. That shall not. Of course, nobody was able to fulfill it. And grace, truth, Jesus, is that aspect of supply. That we cannot do that, but he came and did it. One of our songs say, why should I gain from his own reward? It's not my own reward. Why should I gain? But he gave an answer, actually. He's the ransom to us. But I take it that it's because of grace. Jesus made me to gain, not because of my nature, but because I've made right standing with him. Not my own righteousness, but his own righteousness. So let us read some scripture. I'm taking it from... Um, the first one we are going to read, the Exodus 3, 1, 5. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that, Though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals from the place where you are standing is holy ground. This is before the law was given. And this is God talking, calling on Moses, that where he is standing is unholy ground. He should remove his shoes. And um, Moses actually obeyed. If we go down, we, we saw what actually happened, but we, because of time, we are not going to that uh, length. Our second scripture is on Luke 15, 20 to 22. If I should go back, sorry, I say law, which is in terms of the mind, the mind that that shall not, and we can see it in that Exodus, where all the laws were given. If we want to... Check about that shall not do this, that shall not steal, that shall not. You can reference 23 to 17. You see all the laws that was given. 
or that we are given, which we could not even, given the privileges, without the privileges we have now, we cannot even maintain it. So the second reading is Luke, which I say grace that is supplied. And the anchored verse is on that John 3.16. God gave his only. God gave his only begotten son. Just our own is to be believed. And let us read that um, Luke 20, 20 to, Luke 15, 20 to 22. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and a shoe on his feet. I want us to first of all ponder here, this is the same father, this is God. Here, Grace is putting sandal on his feet, shoes on his feet. The other place, law could not afford that. Jesus is putting everything to our own table now, today. In the time of law, you cannot even come to his presence with shoes. Let us continue reading. In Hebrew 12, 18 to 24, I title it the mountain of fear, which is law, and the mountain of joy, which is grace. See, from 18, say, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who had it begged that, they no further wo- that no further word be spoken to them because they could not hear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it will be stoned to death. The sight was so ter- terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But, that but changed the question now, but, you have come to Mount Zion. I can now, you, you have come to Mount Zion, you have come to Jesus, you have come to faith, you have come to Christ, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. You have, you have come to the church of the firstborn, whose name are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of the righteous man, perfect. You have come to Jesus, the mediator of new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. This is just a comparison of what Moses saw and what we are seeing today. We could remember that under law, 
simply that a man wanted to help so that the ark of God could not fall down. The man was, strong, was destroyed. Death came. But today we are asked to come boldly to the throne of grace that we shall obtain favor. We are asked to come. I can even touch the, by his mercy, this is the ark. I can even touch, come boldly to the throne of grace. And we are being blessed day by day. Let us go on. The purpose of the law, let us just take a look at it. That the law reveals absolute, immutable, permanent expectation. Yes, God, the law, we should know that law, both law and grace, we are given to, by God. God is the architect of both of them. But before Christ came, law was given. Law is very, very 100% perfect, 100% good. But the only thing is that the demands of law, the expectation of law, because of who gave it, is very, very difficult for us to maintain, for us to achieve. And that is why when we talk about law, it seems as if law has no effect. Laws have no defects. It is pure. It is holy. But the only thing is that the expectation reflects who gave it. And the same expectation is expect, expected of grace, which it maintained. But the only thing now is that grace came in the nature of Christ to avail himself to all who believed. So this principle behind the law never changed because in grace that Christ came through, he still Christ committed no sin. He knew no sin. No sin was found on him. Still, he made himself available for us to live. That is why we should gain from his reward. The second aspect that law provides us with social and uh, personal directives because of the fallen world. Law came to strengthen everything. That was what he was given. How the children of Israelites should live based on God's expectation. Unfortunately, they could not attend that. Law reveals our sinfulness. We shows we show us our need for Christ. It's because of our sinfulness that law, the law reveals our sinfulness. And because of the nature of the law that nobody can maintain it, it made Christ for us to know the extent of what Christ actually did for us. Somebody that came from Africa just to, for vacation, let me say during the summertime, we say Canada, in quote, Canada is very beautiful, I love it. We said that Canada, oh, the weather of Canada is so nice, I'll be going to Canada every year. Because he saw just the summertime, go to picnic, you can see people barbecuing and all those stuff. But let the person come from next month and ask the person, the person, will you stay in Canada? Is Canada good? Yes, Canada, we said that Canada is still good, but I want to give it a second thought if I should live in Canada. Because then you see packing of snow, you see cold, minus, and you now have to take a second thought if Canada is good. But given the nature of Canada that you come during uh, summertime where the weather is absolutely okay, 
you will jump into it. You don't even need a second chance or a second thought. You say, yes, I want to dwell here. Relating it to this, yes, law, and if you don't know how law, the demands of law, how strict the demand of law seems to be, you will not know the magnitude of Christ's coming or Christ's death to the Christian, to the believers, even to the unbelievers who want to believe. So law reveals the, what, the extent of what Christ did for us. Because if you know the law and what it demands and how none of us could have been able to fulfill that because the people that they gave it could not fulfill that. In short, they were dying day by day because they could not maintain the law. But Christ came and even on the Pentecost day when after his ascension, the Bible said say that almost 3,000 was added or were added to the assembly. But in law, Moses went up, came down, and up to 3,000 3, were destroyed because they could not maintain the law. If we talk about that Exodus 19.8, it says, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the word of the people unto the Lord. And if we read, read down, 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 even when Moses passed away and uh, Joshua took over, you see how not these people that said it, many of them died in the wilderness. They didn't even see the other side, the promised land. I wish it was under grace because most of the things they did, myself, I've done worse of, but grace still keep, kept me going. So it's not that they were so bad, but because of they could not actually maintain or fulfill what the Lord demands from them. The last part is that only Jesus, only Christ fulfilled the law. Christ fulfilled the law in every aspect so that when he died on the cross, he remains spotless, sinless lamb of God, qualified to take away my sins and your sins. That is the extent of Christ's love for us. So I say law, the mind and grace supplied. We know about this scripture, we normally quote it here, which is a basic, is a truth and is a fact. That John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Even if we are using this one in our English lecture, we know that something was given, the law was given. I can come to Brahman now and say, okay, please, could you hold this thing and I will give it to him. I was giving it to him. But if this can just come in and come to Brahman and hug him, that is, this thing is now being personified. One is come in terms of person. The other one was given. I want to put it that in terms of relationship now, 
for somebody to come to you directly has more impact than for somebody to pass a parcel to you. That is law and grace. And the most part of it is that grace comes with truth. And the only person that can fulfill that is Jesus. Paraphrasing, one can say that the law was given through Moses, but Jesus, Jesus actually came to fulfill the law because he fulfilled the law. That Jesus came personally, that which we could not fulfill, that Moses brought, he came to fulfill it. So all that we do in the next uh, slides is to just uh, take a, a view of what was done here. In the place we read now, we know that both law and grace were instituted by God. So there's no way of saying that uh, grace is uh, through God, that law is not through God. No. It's the same God, the God, our almighty God, our all-powerful God, instituted that. And we can see from where we read that truth is on the side of grace. He said that the, the Lord, the word of our God, the word of God is truth and powerful. The word of God is truth and powerful. Jesus Himself is truth. Jesus is love. Jesus is powerful. It's not a rhetorical question. The, answer, the question is that is law true? Yes. Everything that was in the law that we are instituted, they are perfectly true. But we are talking about the truth. It's not the truth. The truth is in the name of Jesus. The law is true. But we are now using the truth that, that, embody, that is the embodiment of Christ himself. The law, the law demands righteousness from a sinful, bankrupt man. We know that when we are talking about righteousness, we are talking about right standing with God. Personally, I don't know about you. I'm not righteous. I'm not right standing. It's not an issue of holy thing, but I am complete, or we are complete in Christ Jesus. And judging ourselves from Christ as he is, so we are. The right standing of Jesus, which is the grace he gave us, make us to come to boldly to the throne of grace and obtain favor based on his righteousness, not ours. This we could not have gotten under the dispensation of law. Now, grace, which is Christ himself, provides or supplies righteousness as a gift I could replace that grace there with Jesus. He supplies. He gives. He loves. To the extent that he gave his life. Just to gain us. Just to give us life. I have somebody that told us, that said that they say Jesus gave his life. Does it mean that he loses? I say no, he never, Christ never lost his life. He willingly gave up his life. 
for us to be alive. He's still living in us. The Lord says, take off your shoes. The place you are standing is a holy ground. That is a full demand. A full demand. Take off your shoes. Grace says, put on your shoe. In your feet. My son has returned. He has right to stand in my presence. The same God is saying that, but under two dispensation. Dispensation of law, we are not even, you cannot even come. There. Even if you are coming, you have for Moses to go close. Moses have to, he was asked, he was demanded to remove his shoe because of his holy ground. But Jesus, based on the parable we, lay, we read on Luke, he said that, my son has returned. He has right to stand in my presence. Please put on his shoe. This is a biblical um, uh, portion. I'm not, I didn't make it up from where we read. He said, put on your shoes. One say, remove your shoe. The place you are standing is on holy ground. When Christ was emphasizing on Luke, on this parable, the Christ was talking about the father. Whose father? He's talking about himself and his father. The same father said, come closer to me. Don't bother yourself. Come, just, he was not talking of his own shoe self. This, the, under this parable, he said, go and look for shoes. A good shoe. A good ring. Wear it to him. Let him come closer to me. Because he has the right standing. The guy here never merited that right standing. Which right standing? It is the right standing of the father. That the father was bestowing under, unto him. That is what grace brought to us. Under law. You could have been to just stay where you are. Don't come close because you are polluted. Don't, go, don't come close because you are forbidden. Because you cannot come to the holy place on how you are. So it's a function of who you are, not who he is under law. But under grace, it's a function of who God is and who we take him as. And have we accepted Jesus? Let me correct this. Know that this thing is for those that have accepted Jesus. To as many that have accepted him, this grace covers them. Does it make us, does it, is it, we should not take it as being a license to, to err, no. But it's for us to know who we are in Christ Jesus. That will give us that enablement to continually dwell in his presence. Which the Bible recorded that in his presence there is fullness of joy. It is who Christ is not, and not who we are. But who he is will make us to study to show ourselves approved. Being a workman, there need not to be ashamed. But constantly dividing the word of truth. Constantly dwelling in his presence. On that premise, we keep on rejoicing and we keep on enjoying what grace, what Jesus has for us. The law was given by Moses. But grace came by Jesus Christ. Every system of morality or religion is about man trying to reach God. But that is where Christianity stands apart. Because every system of morality, if you talk about all the religion, all the, all, every aspect of it is how can we reach God? 
But when we are talking about, about man trying to reach God, but when we are talking about Christianity now, it's God that came down. Came down. God himself came down to where we are to lift up, to lift us up to where he is. In the house of apostles, I don't know that place again, either in Deborah, they say that the law, the, the God have come down to us in the likeness of men. So scripture coming down, coming down to that, that is the people of earth. I think to Peter, to, to Paul, and at the time they wanted to need them. Paul said, no, we are men of the same. We are the same. It's just that we are preaching the grace. It's just that we are preaching the truth. Because it is the truth that is setting you free. So we are not God. That is God coming down. In other religions, people are trying to know how they will reach God. But in Christianity, God came down in Christ's likeness to pick us from where we are to where he is. This is where we are ending it. All that we have said this morning is looking from the eye of law to come to the throne of grace. Is law good? Perfectly. Is law true? Awesome. Is it the truth? We cannot maintain it, so we are taking the truth, which is Jesus, the grace. And it is this enablement of grace that this Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Say, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy and my body is right. Is this truth? Yes. Is it confirmed? Yes. Is it working? Yes. So is a function of how do we see law? Do we condemn law? We should not. Do we see law grace and truth and Jesus in law? Yes. The law was perfect. It was pointing to Christ. The law exposed us that we cannot obtain it. We cannot fulfill it. We cannot keep to it. He said, that shall not, that shall not, that shall not. Nobody was able to do this. Even when, before it was given, Moses declared, and they said, all you have said, Moses, we'll be able to keep it. Don't worry. And he went and brought it. The day he came down, the people that shouted, we'll be able to keep it. He then went to meet God. And the Ten Commandments was given. I was coming down. He, say, he saw them jubilating. Doing all sorts of immorality. And the Bible recorded even to the period of uh, uh, Joshua. As they were crossing, many of them that said this could not even cross the promise, to the promised land. And the Bible said, by strength shall no one prevail. And because of the deficiency in us, not the law, that God looked down and said, no, let me provide somebody. And he asked, is anybody worthy? According to Chris Tomley, I think he sang a song, uh, is, are you worthy? We, sang it, we normally sing it here, nobody. But Christ came up in form of grace. 
in form of truth, in form of love. And the Bible said that he kept all. John testified that he committed no sin. Peter said that he knew no sin. Luke said that there was no sin found in him. Though we condemn him, but thank God that I've repented and for him. Because I don't know if I was among them that day, I could have said otherwise. But I know that he knew no sin. No sin was found on him. He was committed no sin. All you could say is that, come unto me, all ye that labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Say, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lonely in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my body is light. Father, we thank you. The entrance of your word this morning has brought light into our life. Your word, which is a lamp, and will continue to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path that continue to expose us to wisdom, that continue to give us your revelational knowledge, that continue to guide us in this evil day, that continue to give us that grace to abide in you. Father, we pray that you never depart from us in Jesus' name. Thank you for this assembly. Thank you for this new week we are entering. Thank you because your grace, which shall remain sufficient for us, in us and with us, we remain that in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you.